This is Clearly Christian with Dr. Cy Smith, bringing light and giving voice to our country's single greatest hope while moving the culture to God's design. Our mission, to increase the census of those who live and influence society from a biblical worldview. The time for Clearly Christian is now. Here is your host, Dr. Cy Smith. Hi, I'm Dr. Cy Smith, and this is Clearly Christian, a podcast about what it means to see the world from God's perspective, and then the impact that this will have on training the next generation to live a life consistent with a biblical worldview. Thanks for joining us today. I'm super excited to introduce our guest here in a moment. Her name is Tara Myers, and she is an advisor for special needs families with the American Federation for Children based out of Washington, D.C. And she's been a longtime friend of both myself and Mansfield Christian School. She's got a great uh, reputation. She's spoken at the White House on a roundtable, Education Freedom. She was also featured at the Republican National Convention in 2020, talking about school choice and education freedom as well. So I know you're going to love what she has to say. So we'll get to her section in just a moment. But first, let's go to school. Today, I want to talk about and I want you to know more about what it means to partner with your child's school, particularly as a parent, obviously, for the education of your child and then the impact that this is going to have on your family from ye- for years to come. So again, what it means to partner with your child's school as a parent and the impact that this is going to have on your family for years to come. You know, it's been said that the home has been is and will be the single greatest source of influence on a child's life and the future of that particular child in the next generation. We just can't overstate the significance of parents in education. You know this. We've talked about this before. As Christians, we know God's not silent on the issue of education at all. There's many, many verses on education in the scriptures, yet the vast majority of Christians seem to think that's the case because schooling as a, a word or a term in and of itself, isn't necessarily mentioned in the scriptures. But just a couple of examples, and I probably have referenced these before. Malachi 2.15 is a great verse that says, Didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit, you're his. And what does he want? Godly children from your union. And he makes it clear right there. This is, this is the point of parenting, raising godly children. And then Psalms 78, 4 through 6 It's a lengthy passage about making sure that we don't hide these truths from our children and how important it is to pass on the truths from one generation uh, to the next. And he even uses the phrase there, even to the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach their own children so that each generation should set its hope anew on God. These are great verses, again, like many others that make it clear that God wants us to raise godly children, and then he wants to make sure that we are passing on these things to the next generation. This is how it works. And you and I know as as individuals and also probably as parents that only the most important things in our lives really get passed on from generation to generation. You don't just casually share those things that really have no big-time significance. What we're passing on to our next generation and our grandchildren, even those not yet born, are the things that really, really matter to us. You know, something you learned along the line that you really own it. You live it. You probably have gone through that experience. You know it's true. Like I said, it's probably who you are. And you want to make sure that you pass that on to our kids and that they pass that on to their kids. It's the most important thing. So, 
in terms of education, when parents and Christian parents go all in for education like this, their children win. So I'm not talking about being a helicopter parent or a snowplow parent, you know, clearing the path or hovering over and protecting your children from all challenges. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about knowing and becoming very familiar with what your children are learning in school and just who is doing the teaching. These are your responsibilities before God. Research shows that parent involvement can improve a student's behavior, attendance, achievement. Uh, It's when that involvement's evident there, uh, their work habits change, their attitudes about school, and even their grades improve. They have better social skills, fewer problems, greater ability to adapt to social situations. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. As a matter of fact, parental involvement is the key element in a child's success in education. That comes from all angles of the research that's out there. Ask any teacher. They'll tell you this. And I would confirm this as well. I've been doing this for over 30 years. And I can give you story after story of the connection between a child in school who had a great school experience and an involved family with the life of that child. But I tell you what else is also true. I can also tell you about a student who maybe didn't have a great experience in school, but went on to live a successful life. And in those cases, also nine times out of 10, there's a connection between an involved family. So even if the child doesn't have a great experience and they still end up being successful, a lot of times you point that back to an involved family and involved parents uh, who cared about what that child was learning and who was doing the teaching in the school. And the kids pick up on that. They know that very well. So in summary, just a couple of quick points I want to make sure you take with you. And I've said this first one before. Education, what's being taught and who is doing the teaching is your responsibility as a parent. God gives you this clearly in the scriptures. That's your role and you'll be held accountable for that. And number two, regardless of where your child attends school, how they learn and what they study, being an involved parent is not an option. You've got to know these things if you want your child to succeed and you want to do right before the Lord. So again, in summary, you know, no two children and no two families are alike, but our responsibility before God is the same. And when you obey him and you ensure that your kids are learning what God wants them to learn from men and women whose priority is discipleship or priority is the fact that they're called to this position and this purpose of training the next generation, uh, it will determine the path for your family uh, for years to come. The impact will be far wider and far greater than you ever imagined. And again, looking back at that verse at Psalms, it will even affect the generations not yet born. And that is just an awesome thing to think about, but it's absolutely true. And now in my 50s, I can look back and say, wow, I can't believe how fast time has passed. And now I'm seeing students of ones that I taught, and they certainly were not born back in the day, but here they are, and they are being impacted by what went before them. So it's quite a privilege to do what it is we do, and it's something we certainly have to take seriously as parents. So again, now you know more about partnering with parents, and when you know more, you can do more. And when you can do more, you can act on those convictions and you can say no more if you must and make a change. So without further ado, let's go into our guest because let's put this lesson plan into practice. And let me introduce again, uh, Tara Myers, who's a pleasure to have uh, with us today. Uh, She is one of my favorite people and one of my favorite parents. And so we're just glad to uh, (laughs) welcome her because I know you're going to appreciate what she has to say. So thank you, Tara, so much for being here. 
Thank you for having me. Uh, You're most welcome. Let me give you a little background. And I could go on and on about the relationship that we have here because she is so well tied to what it is we do. And then even tied, of course, to what goes on in the state of Ohio and then certainly uh, nationally as well. But it was back in 2011 that I met Tara, a relatively new parent to our school. And she was approaching me about, hey, can we do something uh, legitimate, a, a legitimate special needs program of our students with disabilities here at our school. And certainly her angle was her son, Sam, and she'll tell you about that. But she had a burden for these kids from the get-go, and she had a great passion and a determination, uh, qualified to do this in terms of her own background and her own study. And she was just really pitching this to me as a new parent. And certainly I was listening intently, and like a lot of Christian schools, we did not have a developed program at the time. We were doing an adequate job with special needs students. We were doing what we could do, but we certainly had not arrived. But her motivation also was the fact that in September 2011, the state of Ohio had just passed a scholarship for students with special needs to attend private schools. So this was big in the state of Ohio. She knew that. She wanted to capture that idea, and and so she went after that. So basically, uh, based on her character and her determination, and I knew that this was somebody I could trust, and her energy and her passion, I just probably naively said, hey, let's do it, Tara. Let's go for it. (laughs) I had no idea what we were in store for, but I am so thankful that I did because it has been a very fruitful relationship. And our John Peterson program here at Mansfield Christian is successful to this day. The programs and the positions and just the entire mission that she put in place still is in our operations long after Tara has left uh, the school as an employee because it was just that good and it was just that successful. So that's a little bit of the background. Uh, So how'd I do with that introduction? You think I captured it? Okay. Yeah, that's a pretty good summation. (laughs) Good. Well, her son Samuel was one of the first recipients of the John Peterson Scholarship, and he's had quite a run in and of himself. And I know he was at the White House with you in 2019 when you were able to speak at that Education Freedom um, uh, Roundtable as well. And I know he certainly was cheering you on at the uh, RNC in 2020. So again, he's just, uh, it's hard to talk about Tara Myers and not obviously have that connection with Sam. But tell us a little bit about Sam, that story. Take us back to those days when he was young and you were a young mother and you were trying to figure out, boy, what is education going to look like for Sam? Because I didn't even tell the audience what disability he had. So tell, tell us a little bit about that. And, you know, what'd you do back then, even before MCS and where did you turn? Well, you know, Samuel is, he he is the story, actually, and um, I was a new mom. He was my first child, and I had great hopes. I had a daughter immediately after Samuel. They were just 17 months apart, and I raised them very much like twins because of his uh, developmental delay. He does have Down syndrome. And early on, I was told not to have high expectations of his um, academic abilities. I did not see that. Um I was called a Pollyanna a lot in my life um, because I tend to see what can God do. Um, I wasn't planning to have a baby that soon in my marriage. We were just getting started in our careers. And when I was blessed with Samuel, I took it as a calling from God. I was encouraged by my OB at the time to just terminate the pregnancy and move on. You can start over. This certainly isn't what you want for your life. And I had to stop him and say, I didn't have a chance to determine what I wanted for my life. God clearly has an anointing on my life, and 
I remember saying to him, out of all the moms that is that are going to have a baby the day that I give birth to this one, God specifically chose me to be this baby's mom, so I can't let him down. And I have to honestly say that that's how I lived those early days. And even to this day, you know, I get up with the higher calling every single morning, knowing that God has entrusted me not only with Samuel, but with my daughters as well, who are both now grown. Um, so those early days, I had this idea that he was going to do everything that every other child was going to do. And that it, when we came to the crossroads that he wasn't able that we would figure it out. Um, surprisingly, I don't know if you remember this or not, but surprisingly, our educational journey started at Mansfield Christian back when my both of my two littles were, um, I waited until my younger daughter was able to go to preschool and I approached Mansfield Christian. And sadly, because it's a private school and because we rely on self-pay, um, there was not a program. And I, and I was told, um, we, we can't accommodate Samuel. We could accommodate your daughter, but we can't accommodate his needs. And it wouldn't be fair for anyone involved. It was a heartbreak. It was a sad day. And I have to say, honestly, I walked away feeling like, well, I don't want to divide my family. It was a very difficult decision because I was raised in a Christian home, but went to a public school. And I knew the difference. A couple of my cousins had the blessing of being able to go to a private school. And um, I wanted that for my children, but I could not afford it at the time. I had stayed home because reality was that education, um, all the way up from daycare to um, uh, preschool, they didn't want or couldn't accommodate individuals with disabilities. So I stayed home. I offered preschool in my home and eventually sent Samuel to Richland New Hope for um, a special needs preschool. I had each one of my girls go there to be a peer mentor for the little children. It was actually a blessing. It was a great preschool, but my heart still yearned for my children to be able to go to private school. Um, so in those early days, uh, it was a challenge. I felt... Um, a little off to the side. I don't really know the right word to say, but I didn't feel like I was uh, highly included because I wasn't just like every other family. I didn't know it at the time, but God was preparing me for the journey that we were about to be on. Not just me, but our community, the schools, uh, Mansfield Christian, um, the public schools, and the children and families that we would eventually um be around and be engaging with. Um, we had to turn to public school. I remember thinking, my children are going to go to school together in their little matching backpacks and cute little lunch pails. They're going to get on the, the big yellow bus. And this is going to be great. I always tried to find the optimistic viewpoint. Like, we're going to make this be wonderful. And um, it wasn't not even two weeks in that I was hit with, this is not going to work. This is, this is not going to work. Not only do they not embrace my family values and our moral stance, but it was going to be a fight. They wanted to bus my son across town to um, the school that they felt would be best, even though we had neighborhood schools where all the kids in the neighborhood went at the time. And I said, "This, how is this going to be fair? We're now segregating even more. My son, yes, is academically different. But now you're going to send him across town where he's not going to know the kids from his church, from his neighborhood, um, people that we may come in contact with, maybe who his sisters are going to school with. So he's going to be that strange little boy that just shows up because he's not known by anyone near him. It really, really burdened my heart. And all along, I kept thinking, I'm going to make this work. I'm going to make this work. And eventually something's going to happen. And boy, did it happen. <laughs> I don't want to get ahead of you, but... 
I can share um, how some of that um, unfolded, if you'd like. Um, when when my daughter was approached with some inappropriate things at the age of six in our public mm-hmm. school, um, I knew this wasn't going to be just a fight for my son. It was going to be a fight for all of my children. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I was forced to um, make a make a change, and somebody had already gone before me to the state house and said, "Hey, we've got to we have to provide a better education, and who better to make that choice than the parents of the children?" Um, honestly, I did not believe that that could actually be truth when I was presented with a flyer that said um, my children could choose the school of um, their choice and that I as a parent could go and, and check this out. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I came to Mansfield Christian School three years in a row, three times applying for that scholarship, but not believing it to be true. Oh, wow. <laughs> so my, yeah, my daughters visited, both of my daughters visited um, elementary school three different times. And it wasn't until each of them were in junior high that I finally said, okay, I think this is real because I saw other parents and other children, and I I remember sitting actually in this very room praying and thanking God for this opportunity, but there still wasn't one for Samuel. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that that was kind of our start. Yeah, were you homeschooling um, in between, or did you homeschool at all before the junior high? Because basically I heard you say, yeah, uh, it was only two weeks into that experience when you knew something within you started to stir and was like, this is probably not going to work. Um, and yet right. you weren't, you know, you really didn't get settled to where you wanted to be until obviously much later in junior high. So those between years, were those still in public school or homeschooling? Four years for Samuel were in public school, two years for Lindsay, one kindergarten year for Maggie. And then I brought them home and used virtual online schooling for them, which I have to say for parents in transition and not sure what to do or where to go, those uh, number one, traditional homeschool, in my opinion, is what God intended us parents to do. Not everyone's able to do that, and maybe it's not the right setup. Um, then I opted for the online school because I'll be honest with you, I had three children, three different grades. I was schooling 16 hours a day, and I couldn't, and I was foolish because I really didn't understand the whole voucher program. So I could have sent my daughter sooner, and I, I really regretfully wish I would have. Um, but God has a process, and sometimes we don't like to concede and listen as quickly as we should. So finally, yes, the girls, Lindsay went first and then Maggie. And then um, that in that process, every time I would drop Samuel or the girls off and Samuel would be in the car with me, he would ask me, Mom, I sure would like to go to school here. And he would say to me, and by this time he's in sixth grade, seventh grade, he'd say, I'll go back into the third grade if Mm. they'll just let me come Mm. here. And um, that's when I started making phone calls. I started calling the state house and I said, why is it that we have ed choice? Why is it that we have autism? What about all these other children who maybe have a reading delay, who maybe have a cognitive delay, who maybe have a different diagnosis, but desperately need this inclusionary type um, education? And for my son, I knew that he needed something even more different. He needed an, a functional learning program. He needed a, a program that he could immerse himself with other students, learn at his own pace, but also get the additional education needs met, like socialization and life skills. And um, I just happened to call on the right day and got the right person. And they said, you're just not going to believe this. There is a bill up. Would you be willing to come down and tell your story? Mm. And I laugh Mm. about it all the time because I literally said, yes, I have no idea what that means, but I will be there. So I grabbed an 8 by 10 photograph off the wall and I drove to Columbus. And that was the start of many years. It took eight 
years, but eight years of testifying back and forth to Columbus. Uh, my poor husband had to go back to eating ramen noodles because <laughs> I was taking money out of our food budget to put in the gasoline budget to get me back and forth to the state house. And um, at one point he said, you know, I think it's time that you give up. Sam's just going to be homeschooled. Maybe you should just hang this up. And I said, you know, it's no longer just about Samuel. It's all about all the children. It's about every child in a wheelchair. It's about every child with medical fragilities. It's about children like Sam who just simply need to be loved and, and educated with their peers. And it's about the parents who maybe are doing this alone and don't have the privilege that I do to be able to go to the state house. So it became more than just my son, but the agreement was I was going to find something for Samuel. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, that, that became an eight year process Incredible. and it finally happened in 2000. Yeah, really. It started with you, obviously, as you said, making that phone call and saying, I mean, and, and that's why I thought this topic just oozes Tara Myers here. This idea of, especially in the area of special needs, which is so important. And, and you can certainly speak to that. But if I'm going to partner with a school or anywhere for my child's education, um, you know, at some point I got to either pick up the phone or I've got to go visit the school or I, at some point I have to get involved. And you took it to the next level. You said, hey, I don't know really what the solution is, but I've already talked to the schools and now I want to you know, talk to somebody in Columbus because is there something that we can do? That took some some bravery on your part. I mean, that was a big, huge step of faith that, you know, obviously you just felt convicted, like, I just have to do this. And, and at the time you thought, I don't know where this is going to go, but does that, I mean, that would seem intimidating for most parents. And so, you know, what do you tell special needs families out there who, you know, this whole parent is partner concept is important and they probably believe it too, but you know, are they, are they to be as brave as you? What, what do you, what do you tell them in terms of, Hey, here's what it means to be a partner. Yeah, I, I would say it does take a sense of bravery and not everybody is going to be a Tara Myers. Right. You know, I've been told, I've been called a lot of things. Um, I'm, I think I'm a humble person. I, I'm a worker bee. I don't take no for an answer. Um, I cry a lot, um, when I have disappointments and they've been many, but, um, my heart, I, I believe that parents should be honest, genuine, and, um, tenacious. And I think when you go in and you share with somebody your honest, heartfelt desires and you're willing to collaborate, it's the most important thing. And, and when I when I worked at the school and led the program, I would tell parents um, it was interesting. I had I had to work with the different districts in our in our county um, there at Mansfield Christian with the directing the program and every single IEP meeting, the district rep would say, how in the world do you get 100% parent participation? Mm. And I said, I require it. I said, I tell the parents, I can't do this. I am here as a representative of your child, but I cannot do this without you. You know, you have to tell me what you want and I will do everything in my power to make sure that it happens within the confines of the law and the model of the school. But you are my customer and my goal is to make sure that your child's needs are met. So if you stay home, you choose not to come, you don't respond to emails, you don't fill out the paperwork, you don't give your input, you are 99% of the problem. So let's meet together if you want your child to have this exceptional opportunity, because we made sure that it really was exceptional. My goal all along in all that process was this cannot be a small version of the public system, because if so, then why not go back to the public system? This has to be better than. 
And I, I stood before our state legislators and I said, we will do it better and we will do it for less. And mm-hmm. every year that I was working, um, that held true. Yeah. We held that promise. We yeah. did it better and we did it for less. Now, could we accommodate every single request? Well, no, we couldn't. But if the parent was willing to come alongside, they were willing to put some more skin in the game. Absolutely. We, we, I, I just been blown away, to be honest with you, of what God can do. When we stand there with our hands open, instead of clenching what we think we want, but we open our hands and let God overflow his blessing upon us. And I, I look back, you know, recently with the expansion of our EdChoice um, program within the state of Ohio, I testified over eight times um, down at the state house, whether meeting with lawmakers or testifying before committees. Mm-hmm. And every time I sat there thinking, oh my goodness, I never thought all those years ago, that this would actually come to pass, truly. Mm. But parents, if you collaborate and you join in and you come alongside the school, you know, you're going to have disappointments. You're going to have opportunities to just be frustrated. But, you know, if you share it and try to move yourself to the other side of the table, that's another thing I said to parents, move yourself around the table. Your vantage point is not the only view. Mm that is out there. So if you rotate yourself around the table before you go in with guns loaded, so to speak, you will be able to see other people's perspective. And if if we as school individuals or representatives do the same thing, rotate ourselves around into the different seats, it's amazing what God can do. And this isn't just in educating our children. This is in life in general. But it's amazing what God can do if we would just let him. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. This is just good life principles. Right. And uh, yes. I wish all yes. of our parents had that same attitude, but a good challenge for us as well to do the exact same thing. Move to the other side of the desk, move to that other chair and say, all right, let me try to see this from that other person's perspective. And of course, those families with special needs. I mean, every, as I said in the opening, every child is so unique that I'm sure that the tendency is to say, yep, nobody knows my child, obviously, like I do, because he's so or she is so unique. So I've got to tell them what is best. And when you come in, yeah, guns blazing and this is how it's going to be. And that's probably not going to get you real far. But you were certainly a success story. And yeah, you knew that and you knew it better than anybody here by far. But yet the approach made all the difference. And so you took, like I said, parent involvement to the next level and said, not only do I want to advocate for this program and it's new, but I'll actually run it for you. And I'll actually head it up and I'll help you hire people and let's figure out the finances, which, you know, was a giant headache. You know, that was always a tough right out of the gate. And I'll figure out how we're going to pay for it, because as a school, just like most private schools, we were thinking, boy, this will work as long as we have state dollars behind it. But it won't work if we have to throw in a big unbudgeted funds there. And then, you know, obviously the the, uh, all the additional cost and therapies and things like that. I mean, our heads were spinning, but, you know, you knew those. Uh, full well. So you wrote the curriculum, which is called the unique curriculum, which we love that. And like I said, and still use it. It's just a great, great program. How important was when you were going through this? And I love what you said, too, about, hey, this can't just be uh, the same thing as you can get for free in the public school. So how important was biblical worldview when you were saying, OK, I'm going to build this program. I'm going to partner and get involved. And the whole reason why I'm here is biblical worldview. So how important was that when you wrote the program? Well, I I didn't actually write the unique curriculum. I found the unique curriculum while I was here at home, um, 
trying to find the perfect hands-on functional curriculum. And then I added to it with the um, help of an intervention specialist, Melissa Jide out of Delaware, Ohio, uh, phenomenal young lady who was a teacher and then left to, to be um, a mom, a stay-at-home mom, and a wonderful asset to me and to our school and our program. She and I sat down, actually, and she said, you know, you're, you're putting forth so much effort for Samuel. What do you see as being the perfect setting. I kept hearing that a lot from people. So I sat down and I said, individuals like Samuel with multiple disabilities or on the autism spectrum or significant cognitive delays, here's what it would look like. That's what I wrote. And that's what Mansfield Christian got. They got a the boxed curriculum, the academics piece that was um, multi-level. It was um, it was um, designed to hit every learner wherever they were at. Everything was provided in it. I wanted something that the teachers didn't have to sit there and recreate every month, every unit. You know, I wanted the lesson plans done. I wanted the testing measured in. The only thing that was listening li- missing was the worldview. Um, I had acquired some great staff through um, teachers that were already at Mansfield Christian that maybe were displaced or being shuffled around, and I just happened to get lucky into that. And we had some growing pains that we had to go through to to help them live and learn about what it is to be a teacher in that type of classroom. But boy, after that first year, we really ironed that out. And I think they are exemplary individuals. Um, I'll never forget when I gave my IEP to the intervention specialist. She's like, oh my gosh, you always write his IEP. You never let anyone else do it. I said, because now you're ready and I know you're going to do a great job. And she did. And so we put that together and we incorporated, I remember coming to the school and the number one thing for me was that we had to see God in action. And God showed me no better way his him in action than raising my son. I got to see sides of people and, and society that I really never wanted to see. I got to see sides and, and views of myself that I never wanted to see. So I knew that that was something that was missing in the Christian culture, in the small-scale school setting, because it wasn't, it didn't exist there. Um, you know, like you had said earlier, without the funding, without the extra resources, you know, we only had a small sector of society. So when I came, I knew, and in a fear of my daughters was, mom, what if people don't treat him well? What if mm-hmm. they don't understand him? And I'll never forget when I said to him, I said, you know, I'm going to ask the principal if I could do a chapel to introduce what this type of special need is to the the student body. And he leaned over, he was volunteering in the cafeteria that day and he said, just make sure you don't tell him I have Down syndrome. And I had to (laughs) chuckle because you meet Samuel and you automatically know he has Down syndrome. But um, the kids, I was was told by a a principal, he said, I'm not sure that anybody's going to want to you know, join in on your um, peer mentoring program. That's what I was going to introduce. And let me tell you, he couldn't have been more uh, wrong. I had an eight and a half by 11 sheet of paper for sign up. And when I finished that talk and I modeled what this disability looked like, I had both sides stuffed full and students still standing there wanting to sign up to be peer mentors. And that is when I knew that God was truly in this endeavor. I knew it all along, but I was fearful because it was a culture shift for MCS. It was it was something that hadn't been done before. It was a little scary, I think, for even you. I mean, I think everybody was like, what's this going to look like? And um, definitely for my daughters and my family. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to bite the bullet and go do this. And some of my absolute most precious times were working with our typical students during chapel, 
um, during uh, study hall time when they would come into my office and share their hearts with me. I have a file folder loaded with um, end of year essays from these peer mentors. That was the only requirement that I gave them was you have to write an, um, an essay on what this impacted, how it impacted you. What was the impact on you? Though, And I kept them. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were the most impactful. And I said, you're not going to get a grade on this. No one's going to see it but me. But I want your truth. I want you to tell me the truth. I don't want you to say what you think I want to hear because you don't know what I want to hear. Tell me the truth. And they were wonderful. Um, Some of them, they had some pain. Some of them had some challenges, but they were all changed. Every one of those individuals were changed, and I think for the better. Um, And so I think the school was changed as a result of that. Um, I have stories that could last 10 podcasts long of just the the things that I saw, uh, teachers, students, parents, um, just, yeah, what an opportunity that God gave all of us to change the trajectory of not only those children's lives, but the lives of every other child that attended school those years and since then, and how it could continue to grow because God has his hand on that idea. Yeah, great, great segue. And that's where I was going next, because I said earlier, when you get involved, the impact on your family and the impact in just your whole life will be far greater than what you realize. And like I said, even the generation not yet born, as it says in Psalm. So in the short term, tell us just briefly about your the impact to your family in the short term, because it required a tremendous amount of time and sacrifice on your end. But then over the long term, now, how have you seen this play out now that Sam's uh, older and he's got job skills and things like that, obviously? So short term impact on your family, long term impact on your family. How's the, like I said, the Lord just unfolded all of this? Well, it it gave the opportunity in the short term for all three of my children to be educated in the same setting. It united our family again. It allowed my daughters to be restored in their faith in their fellow Christian brother and sister to see um, the love that was bestowed upon their brother. And sometimes, you know, kids will be kids, sometimes the not love and to be able to navigate those waters. It allowed me as a mom to see when his sisters would stand up for him and um, show him grace and um, really just be enveloped with that. Samuel went on, defied every educational odd. Um, I'll never forget when he took the um, graduation test for the state of Ohio. And he was so, he wanted to take this test. And I kept saying, you know, you might not pass, but the the law states you have to take it. And I'll never forget when he um, stood there in the office and he looked at his paper and he passed every section. It was an, it was a modified test, um, but that was what the state required. And he passed everyone, including science with three points. And he sat there and he had huge crocodile tears in his eyes. And he said, mom, I'm just like everyone else. To him, that was really important because he knew testing was important. He knew that passing the grade was important. He just wanted to be like everyone else. Um, He went on to do a community um, training. That was not the right setting. Hospital setting was not the right setting for him. He volunteered at the school, eventually worked at the school. He got hired in at Donato's um, for Tuesday afternoons. He's been working there for six years. Every Tuesday, uh, I went and had my pizza served by him. yesterday. And he um, has also been hired at the uh, local YMCA three days a week. He works there. And then he also um, has a cleaning business that he's done. He's actually has a waiting list of people wanting them to wanting him to clean their offices, but he doesn't have any more days left in the week. So that's the long-term impact on him personally. I mean, the guy is busy. Um, and my family as a whole, it's, it's 
it's come full circle. You know, the whole time after I testified for that bill before I ever came to Mansfield Christian and said, hey, what if we partner now that we've got the funding? Um, I still continue to speak um, publicly from a state level and a national level. But then things really took off. The Lord kept calling me. My health was starting to deteriorate. I had some health issues and I was burning the candle at both ends, quite frankly. And I did not want to leave because I loved my students. I loved our program. But God kept saying, now's the time. I, I want you to leave. And I had nowhere to go. I, I was like, but I work. I, I've been doing this for so long. What am I going to do? And God had me sit for a whole year. It was painful. It was so painful. I did some consulting work and um, I said, this is just not me. And then the Lord said, no, I've got this thing. <laughs> I got this thing. I want you to go to the White House. And I thought, what? Are you kidding? And uh, every time I was called to do something, um, it started out with, hey, we'd like you to come and speak on a panel in DC. And I got there and I was the panel. And I thought, what? Okay. And then it was, oh, the president you know, wants you to come and speak at this round table. I prayed and I asked God, what are we doing? What what are we doing? What I thought this was the stopping ground. I thought Sam needed to be educated. And somebody recently said to me, you know, Terry, you're unique in the fact that every other parent, when they get what they want, they walk away and go home. But you keep coming back. And I said, because my heart, the Lord opened my heart to know that, A, I don't think he's done at Mansfield Christian. I think God has much more that he wants to do there. B, I know that God is not done with his people. And he keeps saying, I've got more for you to do. And I think as a Christian, when we pick up the cause and say, God, I will follow you, we have to be willing to say, I will follow you wherever you take me. And we have to not grow weary in doing good. And even when we don't get what we want, we have to continue to stay in the fight. And I think that God will continue to reveal for us um, what he has, not only for us personally, um, but so many other people as because we've been able to be vessels mm. for the Lord. Yeah, good. Yeah, great. And I trust you're right. And uh, you've been right in terms of what the Lord has for MCS and for you uh, moving forward. Yeah. And again, a great, great uh, roll into the next uh, question or comment that I had was <laughs> exactly that. What does uh, your role now look like as this advisor for, um, you know, this particular uh, group, uh, American Federation for Children? So what are you doing now on a regular basis? How does that play out? Well, I continue to push um, policy. You know, that's what AFC does. I'm available for parents um, with individuals with, with special needs to help them in regards to going and how do I navigate? I have options now. You know, we push policy na nationwide. Our goal is that every child everywhere should have the opportunity to choose any and all options. Um, you know, we are the taxpayers. We should be able to determine where those dollars go. And if a parent is happy with their public school, I am certainly not here to tell them that they need to change. But if they're not, I really believe that every family should be able to choose the right setting for each and every one of their children. Um, so that's what I do now. I go and speak. I share my testimony um, across the nation. I also am really working hard to help parents to understand here in the state of Ohio. You know, I'm on a campaign right now starting, I think this week we're going to get started with it, with talking to schools and partnering with private schools to, uh, you know, offer the opportunity for parents to come in and say, could this be the right fit for my family? And to help parents navigate opening those doors. Um, you know, what does it look like? If you're dissatisfied and your child isn't getting what they need, don't buy into what we've been fed for all these decades. And you and I know, 
You know, back in the 70s and 80s, most people were told, this is what you do. You just go sign them up at your local school. Sorry, you have no other options unless you have this bag of cash. And that's what you get. And you like it or not. School is not that way anymore. We're dealing with a lot of issues. And children are different. Family dynamics are different than what they were. And parents need to they need people to come alongside them. And that's what I do. I come alongside and I direct them um, to where they can go to get the help. Um, obviously, you know, if they're local, I, I can't even tell you. Last week alone, three families came to me and said, where do I send them? I'm like, right down the road, Mansfield Christian School. Um, check with them first. And if they if they can't accommodate you, then let, call me back and I'll see why. And if they still can't accommodate you, then let's check into other options because the goal should be to educate the child. Everything else will fall into place. Um, you know, that is something that I truly believe that, again, the hands open concept. I saw and I continue to see time and time again when we sit with our hands open, God blesses beyond measure. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right yeah. now and, and just helping yeah. families. Well, we appreciate that. Yeah, to say the least. Right. And I think it's working because as we saw in Ohio just this summer and we're seeing state after state after state moving towards more of a school choice model. Ohio just greatly expanded. Obviously, the voucher program, it's still income-based, which we'd really like to see it not income-based, but we're yes. certainly happy right. with what we have because it's a generous income. And now everybody in Ohio gets a scholarship to a private school. And uh, it could be as little as 10%, but it can also go all the way up to 100% depending on uh, that family's income. So it's based on a sliding scale, but that's a huge win. And I think Ohio with last I read is the eighth state now to adopt that kind of model. 14. So, oh, was it yeah. 14th now? Yeah. 14 states 14 this year states. alone have opted some form yeah. of um, ed choice. So yeah, it. I just got that number uh, yesterday, I think. Oh, wow. Um, I don't, various degrees, various degrees, but yeah, that model is, yeah, is it's just gosh, right. Huge. It's sweeping the nation. And obviously it goes from students with special needs that, uh, you know, have different uh, dollars and supports required and things like that to obviously, um, students at the other end of the spectrum who need obviously that option, exactly like what you just said. So it's working. What you're doing is working yes. and the principles are the same, whether we're talking about students with special needs or not that, Hey, can I use those tax dollars? I'm already uh, paying my property taxes, but you know, can I get some of that money to send my child to the school that lines up with our values and schools like MCS are certainly benefiting from that. So we've talked about that before, but yeah, great. Great uh, conversation. Great topic. Well, if they want to know more about you personally, or if they say, boy, you know, I have a special needs son or daughter. I'd love to pick her brain a little bit more about how to be an advocate for my son or daughter or get some advice or, you know, even just, hey, how do I contact her? Maybe she could talk at my church or maybe she could talk, you know, with my school because I'm sure she's just sitting around with nothing to do now. Right. So <laughs> but anyway, if they want to know more about Tara Myers, where do they go and, and what do they do? Well, I have, I have a website, taramyers.com. It's T-E-R-A-M-Y-E-R-S.com. You can also send me um, an email at uh, taramyersschoolchoice at gmail.com. And uh, I'd be happy to talk to you. I don't have all the answers, but I do um, carry a, a little toolbox of resources that I can send you on. You know, my passion is parents finding the answers that they need. And they're out there. Just most parents of individuals with special needs know you have to do some digging. And my prayer is that, you know, that the private schools uh, continue 
to get brave, you know, to get brave and say, we're, we're going to take this on. I also um, do some in-service with, with private schools and help them see how they can expand. How can they grow it? Um, do some talks on how, how this can work and give them a model that they can use to, to construct. And uh, I've seen it here in Mansfield. I've seen it in Cincinnati, um, a couple other schools I'm working with. So I, I really encourage you, don't be afraid to listen to what the Lord may be calling you. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for all that you do, for being our guest today and the influence that you've had on our school, Mansfield Christian, in the past and present and future. And then obviously the good work that you're doing in the state of Ohio. Well, first Richland County, the state of Ohio, and then our country at large. And so we just appreciate you. Thank you so much for your relationship with both myself. And uh, thanks for taking the time today to, to join us on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having oh, me. You're most welcome. And thank you for joining us today on Clearly Christian. I trust that now you know more, and specifically today, you know more about what it means to partner with a school for your child's education, specifically as a parent. Because remember, as I've said many times before in closing each show, the only way that we're going to turn things around in this country is by increasing the number of people who live and operate with a biblical worldview. And the best way to do that is to make sure that we're training our children and giving them a Christian education, whether that's connected to your church or in your home or at your local Christian school. So that's how we're going to move forward. So thank you again for joining me today. And until next time, again, this has been Clearly Christian with Dr. Sai. Thank you for listening to the Clearly Christian podcast with Dr. Sai Smith. Hear more episodes at clearlychristianeducation.com. If you'd like more information about Christian education in your neighborhood, or if you're interested in education opportunities at Mansfield Christian School, or if you agree with Dr. Smith and want to help him and his mission to influence and awaken Christian America, you can send Dr. Smith an email through the clearlychristianeducation.com website. Message him on the Clearly Christian LinkedIn or Facebook page or call the Clearly Christian Connection line at 419-756-5651. This has been the Clearly Christian Podcast with Dr. Sai Smith on clearlychristianeducation.com brought to you in conjunction with Mansfield Christian School. A Brian Media Production.